fast is, like how fast can a horse run? Who wants to guess how fast a horse can run? That's a good guess, 35. That's probably a great guess. I have 40 miles per hour or about 64 kilometers per hour. What about the fastest human? How fast can a human run? How fast could I run when I was 18? What do you think? 25 is a great guess. You would have, you would be the world's fastest human if you ran 25. According to my sources, Usain Bolt ran 23.35 miles an hour in 2009 when he set a new world record. For the women in the house, Florence, Florence Griffith Joyner, excuse me, ran 21.32 miles an hour in 1989. Okay, what's the fastest anyone's ever traveled in a car? If you've been over 100 miles an hour in a car, raise your hand. Okay, Shelby. You're not driving my kid around anymore. Keep your hand up if you've gone 100 miles an hour. Okay, who's got 120? Keep it up if you've gone 120. A la Grand JB. 140 miles per hour now. 140 miles per hour. Oh my word, this has gone farther than I thought. 160. Just give me a number. First, first him. How fast? 180. Wow. I'm yelling, huh? What about you? Wow. That's crazy. I didn't think we, I, I thought we'd have some German travelers who were on the Audubon, but I didn't expect that from, from a gringo from Alabama. All right. Just for more perspective, the Boeing 737 that flies in and out of La Aurora Airport every day by the boatload, those have a cruising speed of about 575 miles an hour. So it's doubtful. One more question. Well, maybe more than one, but who knows what the speed of sound is? Okay, if that's kilometers, he might be right, because I don't know. But it's 767 miles per hour. That's the speed of sound. So it's probably pretty safe to say that since we don't have any, that I know of, any military test pilots in the house, the fastest most of us in this room have ever traveled is about 600 miles an hour if you've been on a jet, if you've been on an airliner. And that's pretty fast. And right now we're, we're setting. We just finished some wonderful worship. You're sitting here. You're relaxing. You got your legs crossed. Some of you have a cup of water, a cup of coffee. And it's kind of, it's tranquilo right here. It's quiet. But really, right now, we are hurtling through space at an unconscionable rate that we can't even imagine. We sit here, and by God's grace, we don't feel a thing. But if you think 500 miles an hour is fast, wait till we get where we're going. You can go ahead and put the slide of the uh, solar system up. All right, Caleb, you get one shot at this. Come on, buddy. Ooh. All right, for the Cremas fans here, I'm sorry. This is, just, this is the sun, and I needed something red. This is the earth. This isn't a stress ball because I was stressed out this morning, though I was a little bit. So we've got the sun and the earth. Now, for any of you that are flat earthers, I'm sorry, just ignore me. Uh, I'm going with, with this. I don't judge you because I have my own conspiracy theories. So we just do what we do. But for those of you that believe in this, one more question. How far is the earth from the sun? Boom, 93 million miles from the sun to the earth. 
It's amazing that something so far away can still burn us, but it can. So we know that the earth travels around the sun in an orbit, right? And my arms aren't, I can't do this, but you get it. It goes around the sun in an orbit. At the same time, it's spinning on its axis. It's tilted slightly, but it's spinning. So the earth at the equator, right around the center of the earth, is 24,000 miles in circumference. It's 24,000 miles around the equator of the earth. Now we know that there's 24 hours in a day, so for my math teachers out here, if the earth can spin 24,000 miles in 24 hours, how fast is it spinning? I'm going to have to... 1,000 miles an hour. So the earth is spinning at a rate of 1,000 miles an hour out in space just so they can complete a full a full uh, rotation and complete one day in 24 hours, given its size. So we got 1,000 miles an hour spinning, but we also got an orbit going on, right? We're also orbiting the sun. And we already determined that the sun and the earth are 93 million miles apart. So if this is 93 million miles, how long is this? All the way around. Well, I'll just tell you because I didn't know. It's 584 million miles. So if you're going to start a marathon and you're going to run 584 million miles and you had to finish it in one year, 365 days, you would have to run at 66,616 miles an hour. So we're sitting here. We don't feel a thing. We're still. It's amazing. But we're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. We're orbiting at 66,000 miles an hour. And if you want to get even more, well, first of all, I think about that. And I think about those rides at the fair. When you would have the little teacup thing and you'd be spinning and yet it would be spinning and you, it made you nauseous and the older you get, the less you can handle that. And yet we don't feel a thing. But they get even more, here you go, Caleb, they get even more theoretical with these distances and these speeds. Not only is the, the earth orbiting around the sun, but our solar system is orbiting around inside the Milky Way galaxy in which we live. And they say that, that we're orbiting in that at 483,000 miles an hour. And then if they want to get even more theoretical on this, I don't even get. But they say that our galaxy is moving throughout the universe at 1.3 million miles an hour. So those are some pretty incredible speeds. You know, we thought Eric was impressive going 162 miles an hour, but we all got him beat. Okay, and I think of all this, and what does it mean? Why did we go into all that? Because basically God created all of that, that huge system. It has multiple reasons for existing, but one of the primary reasons it exists is it's like a huge clock. God created all this system, all this orbiting, all this rotating, all this spinning. It's like a huge clock because God exists outside of time. He doesn't need time. Time is a, is a gift for us. He created time for us. He created it in a very elaborate and incredibly, incredible way. He could have just kind of, I don't know, he could have just probably said, here's time, and given us all a watch. And we said, okay, that's good. We all have our iPhone or iWatch, but now we have time. But he did it in a remarkable way. And we know that God is timeless because we're told he's the same yesterday, today, and forever in Hebrews. We're told by Peter that a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day to him. So time means nothing to him. 
And while God is indeed timeless, we are not. Part of us is, but this body that we live in, this flesh suit, or as Paul likes to call it, this tent that we live in, it's definitely finite. It's not, it's not timeless. Our soul will be timeless, and that's a different thing, but our time under the sun is finite. So time is a gift for us. It's a gift, and it's a tool. As Solomon likes to talk about our time under the sun, and I'm going to use that a lot because I like it, but we have a certain amount of time under the sun, and we need to think of it more as a gift and a tool and appreciate it and, and honor it and respect it. We've all heard that time is money. Time is money. And a lot of times when we're saying that, we're talking about like the, the, the relative uses of your time versus your money. We're talking about opportunity costs. Well, time is money. I don't have time to do that. I, I could be more productive if I did this. You know, a classic example here in Guatemala are uh, tramites. Like I'm, I'm ecstatic to pay someone some money to go wait in line at RENAP or immigration or SAT because I just don't, my time to me seems more valuable than waiting in line. And so we, we have a value on our time. And there are many similarities. I just sat down for a minute and I thought about the differences or the similarities between time and money. If you wanted to put that time and money slide up, that would be great. There's just some general similarities. And these are things that just came to my head. I'm sure if we sat down in a focus group and we brainstormed, we could come up with more. But first of all, we spend money. We spend money on things we need and things we want. We spend our time, similarly, on things we need to do and things we, we want to do. We also budget our time and our money. And some of you have gone through the Dave Ramsey financial peace thing and you've learned to make a budget. Hopefully all of you in this room have a budget and you keep track of your money, well, we do the same thing with our time. We have our iPhone, we have our calendar in our iPhone, we have our schedule, we have an agenda. If you're old and you like to write like me, you have an agenda. And you budget out your time. I got so many things to do today, and this is when it's going to happen. I got to call at 10, I got to Zoom at 9, I got to go here. We budget our time. Also, we can save time. And we can save money. We save money for emergencies. We save money for things we want, things we want, uh, vacations and such. We do the same with time. You can save time. I just mentioned vacations. Maybe you get vacation time at work. I hope you do. And you can bank that. Maybe you get sick days and you bank those and you save those because that time is precious and you can use it to do something you want to do. We all, well, not all of us, I guess. Most of the gringos, at least here, use Waze. I don't go anywhere without Waze. And Waze will always tell me a different way where I can save one minute here or five minutes here going a different route because time is valuable and we want to save it. And we can also invest our time and we can invest our money. We know about investing for the future, our money, for retirement, investing for a house maybe, uh, thinking about improving the financial status of our family and our children down the line. We invest our money in the future and we, use it, we try to use it wisely for the future, we do the same with our time. The first thing I gotta, I gotta talk about is if you're investing time, you need to be investing in the Lord, right? Yes, of course, you need to be investing in the Word of God. You can waste time, you can spend time, but you need to invest time in the Word of God. You need to invest time in prayer, and you need to invest time in your family. 
You need to make sure that you raise your kids the best you can and that you love your parents and respect your parents um, just as you can invest money. You invest time. You maybe invest your time in getting a college degree or, or something that will improve your state, but you use your time wisely. You invest it. And finally, you can waste time. I'm great at this. We're all great at this. The devil has a master's doctorate degree in helping us do this. I can't tell you, I know we've, we've said this, everyone here, I know you're going to relate to me, but you sat down to read the word, but you kept your phone too close to the Bible. And it lit up. And so you oh, I better see that, it might be important. And you pick up your phone, and how many little red dots are there calling your name? Check me out, check me out. This is important, it might be your mom or whatever. So you get distracted, next thing you know, you've been looking at your phone for a half an hour, and all the time you had budgeted for prayer, all the time you have budgeted for the word of God just went out the door because the devil's the master at helping you waste time. Wasting money, we all know how to do that. I'm paying a gym membership. I haven't gone in three months. I know, you can tell, huh? It's horrible. I, many of you will catch me at Starbucks. That's not a wise use of your money, JB. I saw you the other day. Some people would think that's a waste of money. Some people think it's an addiction, and that's a whole different other problem. But So many people, gosh, I get so parched up here, I'm sorry. One thing you might notice, I skipped ahead a little bit. One thing you might notice, if I look out and I see the gray beards out here, guys that look a little bit more like me. Real handsome, distinguished, mature. Same with the ladies, of course. One thing you might notice as you age is the relative change in the, the, the relative value of time and money. Right? When you're young, you got a lot of what? You got a lot of time. When you're old, you got more money and you got less time. So there's a change in the relative value of it, and that happens over time. Think about when you were eight. When you're eight and Christmas is a month away, it's November and you're eight years old. Man, I, I, Christmas needs to come. I want to hear, I can't wait. My parents used to put, they used to torture me and put wrap presents under the tree like months in advance. And you'd just be looking at them, like peeking when they're not around. Eventually the tapes all lose because you were cheating and you were peeking. But it couldn't get here quick enough. If you could, you'd be pulling time. Bring it. Let's go. I need it. Your birthday's coming. Christmas, field trip, whatever you're excited about when you're eight, you can't wait for time to go. When you're 12, I'm tired of being a kid, man. I want to be a teenager. I wish, I wish 13 would come. I just, it can't come fast enough. I'm just wasting time being 12. I want to be 13 so I can be a, a big kid. I can be a high schooler almost. When you're 15, what do you want to do? You want to drive, so you can't wait to be 16. Man, 16 needs to come. This sucks. I can't. I can't, I'm trapped. My parents have to take me everything. I need to drive. I need freedom. I need 16 to come. When you're 17, you just want to be a man or you want to be a woman. Right? I need, I'm ready to leave the house. I need to go to college. I need to get away from my parents. They won't let me do anything. I can't wait to be an adult. I got to get out of here. I want to be a man. It's time. I need to set my own way, set my own path. When you're 20, I'm talking to the gringos in here today. Forgive me. When you're 20, you want to be 21. <laughs> Why is that? So you can buy beer. We know. I don't know what the drinking age is here, but when you're 20 in the United States, you can't wait to be 21. 
that's just the way it is. When you're, then after that, you start thinking about, okay, I, I, I got to finish college. I got to get a job. I got to get married. I got to meet that special someone. I got to start a family. I got to buy a house. And always you're reaching and reaching because you got endless time, so you just don't mind throwing it behind you and looking to the, to the future. You can't wait to get to the next thing. you got vast resources of time ahead of you. But as you age, and hopefully mature a little bit, you realize one important, actually the most important thing, and I mentioned it earlier, the biggest difference between time and money is that time is finite for you. In this body, our time is finite. Money, you can make money. If you're interested in making money, you can find a way to make more money. You can get another job, you can take a second job, you can steal money, you can borrow money. Fortunes have been made and lost and made again in single lifetimes. Money is, is not a problem if money is your master, but you only have so much time. If you could put up Psalms 90, please. It says, as for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Amen. Now, my daughter and I slaved over this beautiful timeline. I, I don't know if you guys can see it, probably not. I hope you can see it somewhat. It's a very simple timeline from zero to 80. You know, the Bible tells us here that our days are 70 or 80 years. I looked it up. In the United States, the average lifespan is 79 years. Women live to be about four years older than men all over the world. So men live, women live to be 81, men live to be 77, more or less. That's the average. So I cut it in the middle at 79. In Guatemala, it's about 74.8 years. So Women live to be about 77 and men about 73, somewhere in there. Those are the averages. The Bible's not lying. Well, I looked at my timeline. I'll be 58 here in a couple months. And when I looked at that, that doesn't jack you up. That's daunting. That's, that could be depressing. That's a slap across the face. Look at that. My life's over. I mean, I'm up here right now. I feel pretty good. I walked this morning. I could stand to lose a few pounds, but it's been that way for 30 years, and I haven't, so it's probably going to, well, not 30. But either way, a long time, it's probably going to stay. But overall, I feel strong. But numbers don't lie. Facts don't lie. Stats don't lie. Well, stats can lie, but in this case, stats don't lie. People have a finite amount of time under the sun, and you don't know how much time you have left. Now, my, we all know people that have lived long. My grandfather lived to be 96. Holly's, my wife's grandfather lived to be 102. But for every one of those stories, you got someone passing away right in here. Can you put up Psalms 39 now, please? Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere hand width, hand breadth. 
The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. I may plan to live forever. I may want to live forever in this flesh suit. But such is not the fate of mankind. I'm going to be a little self-serving here. I'm going to do this real quick, but I think it has some... There's a reason I'm doing it. I'm, going to, I'm just going to go over my personal little timeline real quick. I'm not going to get into all the gory details. But I was born in 1965. In San Diego, I was a Navy brat. We bounced around for the first few years, different Navy bases, and my dad retired in Northern California. And right about here, we settled in Northern California, and I started going to church with my family, and I was, I accepted the Lord into my life at the age of 14. I think that's about 14. And I was baptized at 14. Yeah, amen. That's the, that's the highlight of the story. It gets worse from there. So for the next few years till I'm 18, I was a struggling high school kid. Like, I know there are, most of them are gone. They're, my, they're still here. I struggled. I wanted, to, I wanted to be good. I wanted to follow the Lord, you know. I, but I went to a public school. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be cool. I played sports. There's a different language, a different vocabulary in the locker room than there is at church. And I didn't want to look like a dork. You know, I, I was two different people. I was one person at church. I wasn't trying to be a hypocrite. I was just trying to fit in. And all you high schoolers, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you that go to a Christian school like CAG, you're so blessed. But public schools are a lot harder. It's a lot different. Shortly after this, I graduated. I started playing a, a little ball at a little junior college, and I was introduced to alcohol. I was introduced to partying. I wouldn't say I was introduced to girls, but they became more important to me. So for the next 15 or so years, that was me. Chasing a party, chasing girls. Wasting my time. Then, praise the Lord, I bought my first house at the age of 35 in Northern California and happened to be right down the road from a little community church, Hydesville Community Church. So I started walking to church. I never, I never stopped believing in God. I never stopped believing in Jesus. I would sit on a bar stool and fight you about Jesus. I mean, I, I never denied him, but I certainly wasn't living for him. And I don't want to get into the theology of what would have happened to me here had I not made it through. I don't want to get into that. I'm just grateful that I did make it through, and God gave me the opportunity to return to him. And I wrote here, this is, uh, it's all faded and old. This is my utmost for his highest. Probably a bunch of you have this or have had it. It's a very, probably the most popular devotional. I've written in here on the inside cover, June 21st, 2000. You can't see it, but it's right up here. Because that was the day that I actually gave my heart to the Lord. See, I met the Lord here. 
but I didn't surrender to the Lord. The Lord was, inv- I invited him in my life, but I, he had a little part of my life. I didn't give him my whole life. I didn't give him everything. But June 21st of 2000, things changed. My priorities changed. The focus of my life changed. A couple years later, I was 38. I got married. Crin was born at 40. I'm a late bloomer, obviously. And then we worked in the public schools till I was 50 years old. And at 50, Holly and I began being called into something different with our lives. And I can you, I don't know, did I give you Romans 6, Danny? I don't know that I gave you Romans 6. Okay. A verse that I just agonize over sometimes. I've been forgiven. I don't dwell on it. But something that just hurts me sometimes when I read it, because you remember, is Romans 6.21. It says, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. And so I'm 50. Maybe it's a midlife crisis. I don't know what it is. But I'm thinking, I'm starting to focus on these years. I'm starting to focus on all this. How I wasted it. The Lord has, could have done so many things. I could have been useful to the kingdom, but I wasted it. So here I am at 50. And I just felt strongly. Lord, I cheated you. I don't know. That maybe, don't break down the theology of these things. I'm just telling you how I felt. Lord, I cheated you out of these years. I met you here, but then I ignored you, and I wasted those years. And for whatever you give me from this point on, it's yours. I don't know what that looks like. You know, I'm not going to tell you that it's been zoomed to heaven, and I'm a holy roller, and there's nothing wrong with me. Boy, because there's nothing further from the truth. But it's like the stock market. There is a trend line. It's going up. There's ups and downs along the way. But the Lord knows that I am seeking him, and I, I want to give him whatever time he chooses to bless me with what's left. So where are you? Where are you on this timeline? This is your timeline. Where are you? Maybe you're in your 20s. This looks pretty good. I got lots of time. I used to say when I'm young, I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof which is odd when you're 5'9", but I felt 10 feet tall and bulletproof. When you're young, you're you're invincible. You look ahead when you're young, when you're 22, and you say, I got all this vast amount of time. I want to have a little fun. I want there to be a little me time. This guy up here preaching today, he had me time, and he seems all right. He's preaching. So something, something must be going okay. They let him talk in front of the church. But he had me time. Why can't I do that? I'm going to have a little fun now. But when I get a little older, I'll get serious about God. He knows, he knows I like him. God knows I got respect for God. But my flesh is strong. I want to have a little fun. What does the Bible say? Can you put James, please? James 4. We all know this verse. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to this city or that city, and spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're but a mist that appears for a little while and then fades away and vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, 
We'll, do, we'll live here and do this and do that. Maybe you've been flirting with Jesus. Jesus is cool. I mean, he really is. That's not even, uh, that's not even lying. I mean, you could know that Jesus is cool and not surrender to him. You can be flirting with Jesus and put him in a little box. But like I said, when you're with, out of this church, you're in a different place. You're living a different life with different friends, different vocabulary, different priorities, different values. Look, we've already determined that your life is finite. You have no idea if you're going to live to be 100 years old or make it to your next birthday. The Bible also says in Hebrews 9, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. I'm, I'm always bringing the heat. <laughs> I'm always bringing it. Maybe next time we'll talk about something fun. I left off one very important similarity between time and money, and I did it on purpose. Because just as you can go to Las Vegas and you can gamble away your money, you can bet on games, sports, you can play cards, you can throw old dice, you can play slot machines, buy lottery tickets, just as you can gamble your money away, you can gamble with your time. The Gospel of Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells a story of a certain rich man. This guy had a bumper crop one year. He, he got a big bonus at work. I mean, he got like a golden parachute. They bought him out. They said, here's early retirement. Here's $100,000. I'm, I'm making these numbers up. But he had a bumper crop, and he said, I'm going to go build some barns, put some money away, put some seed away, and I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry, and live life to the fullest. And I get that. I mean, we're all going to be hungry in a minute. We want to eat. It's nice to be merry and, and um, drink Rosa de Jamaica. Sounds like a sweet plan. Who doesn't want to eat, drink, and be merry? And if I'm only 30 years old, that's a pretty good gamble. If you're a betting man, you're looking at this, you're 30, you say, that's a good gamble. I'll take that bet. I'm going to live a while. But what, what did God tell that rich man? He said... You fool, this very night your life will be required of you. Then who will own all these things that you've accumulated? So God has given you your own timeline. You don't know if it's 25 or 100 years. Remember, the Bible says we're but a mist. We're here for a little while, and then we vanish. God has gift, gifted you some finite amount of time. And you're accountable for how you spend it. Our good friend Stephen Dunn, I think he was 53 years old when he passed away. He had a little bit of time left on his timeline. And he had plans, just like we have plans. He had a beautiful family. He wanted to see Aramae grow up, see what a beautiful young woman she would become he wanted to help stick around and help Zeke become a man he wanted to watch Rhett and Colt become what they were going to become and watch Colt get married he loved his wife when he left that day he had plenty of time 
But no matter what your timeline is, your last day has already been determined. You don't know it. I remember during the heat of COVID, my mom, <clears throat> my mom was dying of liver failure. She was in her 70s. She had been sick for a long time. And she wanted the family to come visit her. And I remember saying, Mom, I'm not afraid of COVID. I mean, we're pretty young. We're pretty healthy. We'll be fine. But you're in COVID's wheelhouse. Like, COVID is looking for people like you. That's who's dying of COVID. I remember she said to me, those very words, she said, Son, the Lord knew my last day before I was even born. It ain't going to change whether you come or not, and I want to see you. And even if you do bring COVID, and even if I do die of COVID, it's worth it because I want to see my family. But she knew it wasn't going to change. Her day was set. So again, we all die. We all face the judgment. We're going to stand before God and give an account of our days under the sun. And at that time, it'll be too late. If you're a gambling man, the die have already been cast. Did you gamble away your hope? Did you gamble away your eternity? Or did you invest your time getting to know God and learning how to share him with other people? There's only two responses you're going to hear on that day. You're going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in. Enjoy your rest. Or you're going to hear something immeasurably more devastating. Now is the time to ensure your destiny. Now is the time. Don't waste another minute of your time. Can you put up lamentations, please? <clears throat> because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your greatest is faithfulness whereas mercies are new every morning this is the this is where I'm going to end a little more positive look I wanted to talk about time because I love time I, I've been I've been thinking about it a lot probably because my time is short I've been thinking about time a lot but I love it I love new mornings if you are look at my wife and I fight about this but she's not here to defend herself don't tell me you're not a morning person don't tell me you're not. Get up and get in the Word of God and start your day in the Word of God. There, you need to do that. I, don't, I mean, maybe you have some funky shit, but you got to make time. And the best way to start your day is to reflect on yesterday and try to get better today. Not because you need to earn your way to heaven or not because God needs you to be better so you can enjoy heaven, but because, gosh, I appreciate what God did for me. He carried me through the dark years. And I have a chance now to talk to you guys about it. Every morning is a blessing. Every morning is a chance to reflect on yesterday. Yesterday, Lord, I was a hot mess. I barked at everyone I saw. I was carrying a heavy burden. I, I pushed my ugliness on other people. Lord, please forgive me. I repent of that. And today, Lord, I'm going to focus on loving people. Every day is a time to reflect and a time to seek to do better. I'm a nerd, man. I like new months. I, I don't even mind paying bills. It's weird. But I like a new month because I can say, okay, what do I want to do this month? What can I accomplish this month? 
I like New Year's resolutions. I don't know that I've ever kept one, but I like setting them. I like the hope and the opportunity and the enthusiasm and the optimism of time. And God gave that to us. I don't care about yesterday. He doesn't care about yesterday if you come to him today and say, Lord, yesterday was horrible, but I love you and I want to do better today. And it doesn't even have to be a day. It doesn't have to be a week. Moment by moment, you can live and walk with the Lord. I walk a lot. And sometimes I'm walking and I'm, I'm, I'm usually listening to a podcast. I'm trying to do good things, but something walks by. And in that moment, I say, Lord, forgive me. My eyes wandered, Lord. I want a pure mind and a pure heart. That's your child, Lord. Forgive me. Help me to focus on you. Renew my mind. I love you. Amen. Put it behind you. Don't dwell on it. Don't let it eat at you. Get rid of it and move forward moment by moment. When I first moved to Guatemala, I bought a truck. I'm talking fast. I bought a truck from a guy, an old guy. He's been here 40-something years. And he was driving around because I had to ride with him. And he was praying the whole time. Like not on purpose, but he was just talking to God like I wasn't there. And I thought, that's kind of weird. But now I love it. Now I love it. Now I want to get more like that. I want to be walking with God every moment and reflecting on him. And in the, if, if I bark at some guy in traffic, I hope one day I'll also immediately repent of that. But it doesn't, I love time. I love the hope of new beginnings. Are you confident that you're going to hear, well done? When you stand before God and you give account of your time, are you confident that you're going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? Because if you're not, it would be a foolish gamble to leave this morning without taking care of that. It's a great day for a new beginning. It's a great morning for a new beginning. You put up 2 Corinthians and we'll end with this verse. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Let's pray. <clears throat> oh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you that you gave us time so that we could have fresh starts, so we could organize our days, so we could mark seasons and harvests and you know us so well. You knew what we needed. Lord, we thank you that you care for us, that you love us, and that you walk with us, and you're calling to us all the time, Lord. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, and we pray that you would just help us to live moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour with you, seeking to live lives that honor you, for the gift that you've given us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Y si todos nos pudiéramos poner de pie Vamos a terminar con Un tiempo de oración infinitas gracias Señor por lo que tú sigues haciendo en nuestras vidas, ayúdanos a aprovechar Señor el tiempo y que cada minuto de nuestras vidas cuente y sea para ti Señor única y exclusivamente para darte a ti la honra y la gloria Señor me viste a Te amo, 
Te amo más que mi vida, te amo más que mi vida, te amo más que mi vida más. Y me diste, y me diste nombre, yo soy tu niña, la niña de tus ojos, porque me amaste a mí, y me diste nombre. La niña de tus ojos, porque me amaste a mí, 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 me amaste a Te amo, te amo, te amo más, te amo más, te amo Señor, te amo. Si necesitas oración, que hay gente, que hay gente que está lista para orar contigo, para orar por ti. Puedes pasar este momento Aquí hay gente que puede orar por ti Dios quiere hablarte Dios quiere consolarte Dios está aquí Te amo más que a mi vida Te amo más que a mi vida Te amo más que a mi vida choose to stay for a little bit, we're going to continue to worship. Um, I pray that if you don't stay here, if you walk out the doors right now, whatever you do, wherever you go, um, that you choose worship, that you choose to motivate whatever you do with worship, that you don't um, take your time for granted, because it's not. And that, yeah, that you worship, that you live your life worshiping God. Thank you that we have your Holy Spirit. 